once was a lad called Jack who listened to Robots Variety podcast. He's just turned 24 and he's going to drink himself through the floor with a total disregard for personal safety, feeling hungover and slightly pasty. His lovely Mrs. Louise, who's got chlamydia and vaginal cheese, better get down on her knees to show her love and affection to his mighty erection. Happy birthday, Jack. That's from Louise. That was um, very romantic, I've got to say. See, that's what happens if you leave your homework to the last second. <laughs> it's pretty good. I liked it. It was very poignant Well, and potent by the sound of it down yeah. there. I think that's probably the first poem I've ever written, ever. Is it? Yeah. It's very not even good. really a poem, I don't think. So I'd say it was. There's poems don't always rhyme all the way through. They they have like a little. What are you saying? I'm saying yours didn't rhyme all the way through, right? No, it's true though. It did rhyme virtually all the way through, but some of them they go off on a little tangent and they come back and they go. That's not making any sense. You're just trying to fill time there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good poem. Well done. There you go, Jack. Happy birthday, mate. Happy birthday, mate. How was your week, Rob? Any good? You know, running anybody over? No, not yet. I feel Seen like anything. Shitty. Crazy whilst painting people's houses. No, no, nothing at all. Actually, Have it's you ever pre- been a pretty boring week on that aspect. There's been nothing weird happen. So, what's the maddest thing that you've ever stumbled across or seen whilst in somebody's house painting? Um, there's a rue. Oh, I was going to say the, uh, the the what road and everything. Then it didn't no. really matter. But uh, an oh, old an old couple, um, and they they got a room which is actually it's highly offensive, but it's um. It's basically a collectible, but it's it's full of like uh, gollywog things, like cups. No way. Gollywog, gollywog. Really? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, full of like right, like the the doll things, whatever they are. Pictures of them on the wall. Old school. A whole people. room. Yeah, they're they're probably I don't know, mid, probably mid eighties. They're probably probably dead now, but I mean, but you know what I mean. It's, I, I've I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Because I was painting outside and looking through <laughs> the windows, don't you? I was like, what the? F-? It's like a whole room, face. a whole room. I was just going, what the? Jesus fuck? Christ! I'm getting the police involved in yeah. this one. Yeah, so that was probably the weirdest. I mean, I don't know if they were racist. I, it looks like they probably were, but it seems quite, that way. But you know, it's a, it's people class them as collectibles, don't they? And I, I'm, and I, I'm, I wouldn't do it. Put it that way. No, I'm not inclined <laughs> yeah. to, to do that no. personally. No, but yeah, that's probably the the weirdest sort of like um, sort of thing I've seen. Well, the most outrageous thing I've probably seen, so to speak, that is class as a room. Have you ever like stumbled in on someone when you shouldn't have walked in a room or something like that? Um, you mean like if they like naked or something? Because <laughs> that's like you see films, you know, like some like you know, sort of a American teen film when they're painting and, and they say, so "What films? This is a ba- geezer with a bass guitar in the corner." Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, no, come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, them films. Yeah, no, I've um, no, I haven't. So. That's a shame. I those. know it is a shame. It is a shame. That's a shame. That's I've a had someone walk on walk into the toilet when I'm having a dump. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Care to elaborate? I, uh, well, it's pretty simple. I just said to her, do you mind if I use your toilet, right? And she's probably about, I don't know, late 40s, 50s. I was probably early 20s. Um, and I went in, started having a dump, as you do. Uh, about five minutes later, she walked in and went, oh, sorry, I forgot you were in here. And I was Bullshit. Like, I was like, you're going to be stunk out in a second, love. She's got a, uh, a fetish for poo. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I've got to say. <laughs> so she, she, you know, she better turn and run. At least she made it into a toilet that time. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you've had to. She still walks in like fucking hell, Jesus Christ, that stinks. <laughs> 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 Should we go through some shout outs? Let's do it. Uh, Jill Wallet, 
pure wallet. Well, she makes wallets, leather wallets, probably um, from Italy. Yeah, like designer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where it's obnoxiously expensive for no reason. Yeah, it's the like same. Three hundred pounds for a wallet. Yeah, yeah. When it's the, the same, you can get it now. You can get a leather one for like eight quid. Yeah, and she met calf. Um, she she has met someone's calf muscle. <laughs> okay, Luby Lou, who sounds Lou. like she's from Scooby Doo. Does actually, yeah. Scooby Doo's like girlfriend, Luby Lou. Luby Luby Lou, where are you? <laughs> we'll go with that. Sue Dempsey. Sue Dempsey. Um, she is an American. You're gonna go down football route here, aren't you? No. Uh, well, I was gonna go sport, but not football. Okay. But I was trying to think of a very American sport. American football? Well, no, I mean, like, like a really random American one. Like, something stupid, like, fucking ball riding or something, you know what I mean? Tiddlywinks, man, that's professional. Tiddlywinks, yeah, that'd be good. That's proper, man, people get paid to do that. Yeah, I mean, if there's money to be made, they do it. If they're they're good at it, fucking, why not? You can make a killing computer games, man, gamers. Yeah. Millions. Yeah, it's billions now, isn't it, people make? Damn right, yeah. But, I mean, I, I see what you mean, playing it, literally playing it. Because that's that new thing, isn't it? Where they've got competitions. Like if you you win the tournament, you get a million quid or something. I don't think it, I and think it's like fifteen-year-olds always winning it because they're the only ones who fucking play it. Yeah, and they're playing like in stadiums and like massive arenas with twenty-five thousand people watching them. Because you've just won five million pounds, and they get up and like, yeah, man, it's not bad. It's not bad at all for playing a game. Yeah, sign me up to that. Ethan Walton. Um, he sounds like a, a mad p- professor to me. <laughs> okay. And uh, Luigi Green, congratulations on your baby. Yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned Luigi for a while. No, we haven't actually. I haven't heard from him, but that's because I don't uh, really do the social media. So but I'm you are on it a lot, though, now. I know I'm a, bit, a bit more on it now, yeah, but uh, I don't really look at messages still because I just, I just can't handle it. <laughs> do you know it. what Rob does? Sometimes I miss people's messages because you'll open the message, read it, <laughs> won't reply, and then... The notification goes then, and then I see like two weeks later someone's mentioned like, and I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to. Sorry, it's Rob. It's me. Blame Rob. Yeah, my fault. And shout out to Matt on Patreon, who's uh, chucking us a buck. Nice, which is very nice of him. Everybody else do the same. Yeah, we're millionaires. Uh, and our social media stuff, right? We, um, I think I spoke to you in the week. I had a word with the lads over at Carousel Sniper Victim. And because we're giving away a T-shirt this week and some various other tranquilments from off our podcasting desk, yes, I think we're going to send some T-shirts to them. They're going to send some T-shirts to us. Another stuff, stickers, possibly like caps or something like that, you know, bottle, whatever, just stuff, podcast merch. And then once a month, we're going to do a, a, a big giveaway and they're going to do the same. So if you're sharing our stuff, keep at it. Because I must admit, I haven't sorted any. I've got, the t- I've ordered the t-shirts, but I haven't got them yet. There's some other stuff to go. But in the next few months, once a month, you're going to be getting like a couple of t-shirts and and load, p- probably like thirty quid's worth of stuff. Yeah, probably in, wa- in one thirty quid. Wow. Probably, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because there's so many people have been like the shares are, as you know, and everybody else at podcast knows, really helpful to us because it gets it up. really boosts. Because what that does, it shares it with everyone else's friends, and it goes further and further, and it props yeah. up. So the more shares, the better for us. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, you have to go through like a, like you have to pay for it, and it, it's kind of bullshit because no one actually wants to. It just props up on someone's feed, and they don't actually want to w- like watch it, listen to it. Exactly. Yeah. And because we got quite a few last week, 
I figured instead of spending the money on stupid wank promotions and giving the money to Facebook where it doesn't work, if you guys keep doing what you're doing, it works better we'll to put, share. We'll, the money that we spend on that will just whack out to you guys in the form of winnings. Yeah. So keep at it, and you're going to be getting yeah. Carousel Sniper Victim T-shirts, robots T-shirts, and I think stickers I think, and all that sort of shit. I think this week um, we got past the uh, the share marks as well, so they've actually the rollover has been taken, isn't it? We have a winner, but I'm going to mention it at the end. Obviously, obviously. I think, other than you lot going and following us and all our social media shit across the board, we're done for the bollocks that we said at the beginning. Yeah, man. So should we crack on with a pod? Let's do this. number one or two let's play podcast topic okay roulette one or two uh one okay sound we are this week going to do the holodomor the what the what the holomodomodomodomor <laughs> the holodomor what's that do you know what that is you haven't got a clue i haven't got a clue it sounds like some sort of like like character out of a kid's like book. a child's monster yeah, doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah or like a greek cheese yeah yeah the or something Hol- like. holodomor it's not it was a, a ukrainian genocide okay Conducted uh, via a man-made famine orchestrated by the Soviet Union, which reached its peak in, uh, I think, between 1932 and 1933. Mm. And the total number of people who died ranged, I think, it's difficult to tell with like anything like this, but somewhere between 3.3 and 12 million. So there's a big gap in between. It's like 3.3 or 12. It's yeah. not like 3.3 or 3.6. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. Not, they're not exactly. The Soviets aren't exactly keeping records. No, on the and what and you know how many people died. You know, with what we like mass graves and mass executions. <laughs> it's a pretty tough topic to research. This one was actually. It sounds like it. If you've got, if you've got to find every name of each one who's died. If I do that, just like for the weeks, just reeling out names. You'd be there for fucking years. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd never get through it. So yeah, it was heavy going. Obviously, because it's. Uh, uh, quite um, a tragic tale but also there was a fair bit of 1930s Soviet politics which um, we've had to cover a little bit but I've sort of condensed it down and done the abridged version okay but the safer version yeah just because you don't really want to just to get the picture across essentially don't want Putin knocking on your door fuck Putin bring it on <laughs> what <laughs> 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 Red dot on my head. He's already here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Head pops like a melon. So the 20th century. Yeah. When I was looking back at this, that was. I mean, it really is the the century of genocide. Okay. That, I mean, so much went. It's like we got really good at killing vast numbers of people. When do you think that was the best century for it, or do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon when Noah was around, because he did like not no God was it. God did a bit like the best sort of genocide, didn't he? Oh yeah, God is the ultimate genocide king. He can do that. I suppose he killed he two million people in the Bible, something like that. Oh right, okay. So this was far more impressive than right, okay. God could do. Okay, better than the Bible. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holodomor <laughs> was better than the Bible. Right. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. But it's like um, once I don't know whether it was like the the advent or the acceleration of technology in the early part of the last century. Yeah. But we figured out to kill people on mass. 
quickly and then we utilised like the atomic we're lucky it didn't get out of hand with the atomic bomb right you know, there's that sort of shit going down people are just doing awful awful stuff man um, it was some seriously hardcore times to live through the other part like World War 1 yeah World War 2 it was like it, just, it was just like um, you might as well just throw some more shit at us in that decade that decade that earth century sort yeah. of thing wasn't it yeah you may as well fuck it you know what I mean? You've gone, like you say, you've gone for two. When when do you reckon the next world war will happen? It's there's, it's gonna. We'll probably do one soon, aren't we? I don't think it will happen. Like, it won't be that? a soldier one where it'll just be like fucking planes and everyone dying instantly. What was it? Who's it? Was it Einstein that said, or someone like that that said, "I don't know what weapons the third world war will be fought with, but the fourth one will be fought with sticks and stones." Makes sense, I suppose. It's that's if anyone survives. It's gonna, be the, it's gonna be the end if it happens again. Anyway, it's mean well it will be, won't it? Can't oh, yeah. Away. I don't know, man. There'll be people like chilling in the Amazon that don't even know we're here. They won't have a fucking clue. Yeah, they'll be yeah, they'll be better off with that. Yeah, us. they won't even know fucking anything's happening. Probably can fuck me, there's a big fire over there. Oh well. I looked that's it. I looked into the I tried to find and track down the total number of people that were killed in genocide mm-hmm. in the twentieth century. And it's it's in the hundreds of millions, something like between 160 and 200 million people. That's um pretty pretty mental. Imagine, imagine if um like, do you think it's a good thing though? We have things what? like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, I suppose every cloud is a silver lining. Yeah, it's, the, the, the world might be getting too too uh, crowded at the minute. So you know. I've listed a couple of what's that? A couple, a few instances of horrific genocides that occurred in the last century uh, in Bosnia Herzegovina, nineteen, which is nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety five. Two hundred thousand people killed. Rwanda, nineteen ninety four, eight hundred thousand people. The rape of Nanking, which was nineteen thirty seven to nineteen thirty eight, three hundred thousand people. Mm. Uh, Cambodia, Pol Party rolled over a load of people between 1975 and 1979. Two million deaths. And obviously we have the um, the Nazi Holocaust, 38 to 45, which was s- at least six million Jewish people alone, not mm. even counting, not including the other people that got killed. It's sad, it's sad isn't it? I mean, because it's, it's usually some sort of cult or something which usually basically starts all this genocide. Or uh, a whisper which isn't true, and then um, loads of millions, like you say, millions of people die. It could be hundreds of people, it could be a town, it could yeah. be anything. They just get ransacked and murdered, and, and one minute they're doing what they're doing, the next minute they're terrified and getting like absolutely brutally murdered. Indonesia, uh, 65 to 66, probably th- potentially up to 3 million people. Some evil. 3 million people. It's mad, isn't it? Mm. There's some evil guns out there. Imagine, imagine trying to like put them all together in a field, just to go. This is what this is the amount of life which is gone. I know. I tried so to. If you got three million people and put it in a field, I mean, like live and go. This is how many died in this genocide. Yeah, just and that's tr- a smallish one actually. You can't, you can't imagine it. It's, it's, um, it doesn't seem real that that can occur. No. Be- because I mean, like. It, we're so fucking lucky to be living in, in this country. You know, people moan, don't they? They still moan. Mm, fucking this, fucking that. This country's amazing. Yeah, I mean... You get free healthcare, break it's, your legs, it's first, it gets fixed. It's first world problems, isn't it? When people Absolutely. moan in this country and they go, oh, I've missed the bus or, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, I dropped this today and it's going to cost me a fortune to fix. Yeah, what about the people, who, you know, who lose it, like brothers or sisters just randomly out the blue? Ways. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Or one minute something's... Being good and playing, the next minute they're getting stabbed. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
doesn't matter. Violent, horrific oppression, mm. fear. There is, yeah, but I, I suppose everyone judges judges their life on what's happening at the time. So if everything's going amazingly well all the time, I mean, and someone throws a glass of red wine on your T-shirt or something, you're going to be very pissed off and probably <laughs> you might get upset about it. But if if everything's happening which is evil around you and then someone checks a, bo- a bottle of red wine on you, you're going to go, it doesn't matter that. Have <laughs> yeah. you not looked over there? Everyone's dead. You know what I mean? So it, I think it all, all depends relative. on the situation. Yeah, it is. In, I think it was 2003, 25 UN countries tried to get their heads together and figure out how many people actually were taken out in the Holodomor. And they reckon it was between 7 and 10 million people, um, which is a sizable chunk of the population at the time. Some, I read something like 13% of the population of Ukraine, which is a massive, massive it's amount of people. Huge. The Ukrainian, one of the Ukrainian presidents or prime ministers, can't remember which one it was, he reckoned it was something like 20 million people, which has been largely said was a massive over-exaggeration. Right. Could could he be using that for political gain or something? That's what they kind of said. Mm. So Holodomor in Ukrainian has a few meanings. It's sort of terror famine, death by hunger, killing by hunger, killing by starvation or murder by starvation. Um, our man Andre Chikatilo, yeah, he was from he was he went through this. He lived through it. Yeah, but he was a survivalist. He just ate people and just like did what he wanted. Yeah, that that's quite a common thing that we're going to go through. Well, I mean, I kn- I know it sounds brutal, but if ever everyone's starving to death, I can see that happening quite regularly. And it did. It did. If you if you're will I remember to survive talk- is strong. I remember us talking about it and people like like bits of bodies on the street because people have obviously had it, had bits away and all sorts. Well, we briefly touched on this the Holodomor when we spoke about Chikatilo in our episode on him. Um, which is what gave me the sort of the impetus to do this mm. particular topic. Yeah, and he said he didn't eat bread until he was twelve. That's how hardcore it was. Maybe he didn't even have a sandwich, mate, until you were twelve. What? I might have had a human sandwich. Oh, he did. Could you have like um like a meat sandwich? So it's meat, so like human like muscle, and then like heart, and then even though it's the same kind of thing, and then human muscle <laughs> again. Skin, heart, so it's skin. A, it's like, yeah, so it's like what? a like a meat sandwich. Yeah, you could do. Yeah. There's no bread. And then no technically, choice. you've had a sandwich then. <laughs> well, mate, here's an inkling of what's to come, right? Chikatilo, I don't know if you remember, his mum told him his older brother was kidnapped and eaten by the next-door neighbours. Yeah. How hungry you got? We're not talking about hangry. This is next-level hunger. Like, kill that innocent child and eat him today or you're going to die. Mm. And you've got to remember, these people didn't want to do this. They were put in a si- forced in a situation where they had to act and that's the only way that they saw... Yeah, well, the way out. Human instinct, I suppose. The flight or fight, isn't it? It's that sort of thing, like, it's eat it or die. Even though they haven't done anything wrong and they're dead, you haven't done anything wrong, you're just starving. It's like, does the mor- all the morals go out the window then? Absolutely. Don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Which I, I bet you there's loads of families who well, we'll have to cook it up, come on. Yep. Got any onions? Oh, bollocks. Crying me. in Crying. terror and, t- and tears in their eyes. Yeah. Because of the onions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Not because of the, the baby meat. Like, Get them fucking pieces of celery. I don't like that. Yeah. It'd be like, what? Have you got any onions? Oh, it's a fucking famine, isn't it? I forgot. There's no onions. At the height of the famine in June 1933, they reckon somewhere around 33,000 people died a day. Could, could um, I know this is going to sound 
naive, so to speak. But is there a way they could have grown stuff themselves, or or was that just getting caught and took away from them? You're yeah, you're addressing a question which we're going to go through. Right. The the place was full of food. Right. This was a, a an artificial famine. Because like you think you think who in their right mind would literally imprison a nation and attempt to starve the entire population to death, and who was responsible for this genocide? Mm. Who do you reckon it was? I mean, well, it's going to be a government, obviously. It was Russia, the Soviets. Yeah, well, it was more specifically, I think, um, Putin. Dead on him, Stalin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long has he been around, that Putin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's he's going to be there till he dies. So absolutely, he will be. And he probably won't even die. They'll probably like he'll be like they'll make a robot out of him, and he'll just carry on. So I'm going to give you a bit of background history, which frames how all this went down, which will address the question that you just asked. And then we're going to go into the famine itself and what it was, what life was like for these poor people. Mm. Um, and then we've got some survivors' accounts, which will help paint a picture of the horrors that they went through. Okay. So between, uh, obviously, I'm not. A 1930s Soviet political expert. Oh, I thought so you were. I've tried to get the. I mean, if I've got any of this wrong, just and anybody you know knows, please correct us because it's quite an important subject, and I wouldn't want to put shit out there that's wrong. Yes. So let us know. So anyway, between 1917 and 1921, Ukraine was an independent country, separate from the Soviet Union, and they were actually like I think they were like I don't know if you'd say they were buddies, but Ukraine actually fought alongside the Soviets in the First World War. Okay. And they wanted to remain an independent, sovereign nation with self-determination, doing their own thing. And the country was internationally recognised as the Ukrainian People's Republic. Mm-hmm. So it's their own their own deal. The newly formed Soviet Union, on the other hand, they were like, nah, bro, we're bigger than you. Uh, you're going to be part of the Russian Empire. We've got more soldiers. We're having you. We're just going to incorporate your country into ours. So it's like a land grab, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so in the 1920s, the Soviet Union began imposing its will on what they saw was their territory. Okay. So just rolling in, doing whatever. Saying, well, th- wait, this is Russia. Don't know what you're about, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What you stop, doesn't it, this is us. Yeah. We'll do what we like. Yeah, yeah. The end. Initially, they allowed U- the Ukrainian people to retain their culture and allow some autonomy. So they were... Doing their own shit. So in other words, they bowled in with the tanks and said, look, we're Russia, but you carry on being Ukrainians if you want to. We're going to rein you in a little bit, but carry on doing as you want. But under Stalin, this radically changed because he came into power in like 1922, I think. Mm -hmm. And then shit went south pretty quick after that. And he was like, fuck it. Let's just do what we like with Ukraine. And by the end of the 1920s, it was a horror show. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it was going to get. People with their... People with foresight saw the saw the writing on the wall. We've got a few instances of people going, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. We need to prepare for this in every way we possibly can. So the Holodomor was, was nothing more than an engineered, politically motivated famine, ensuring that the Ukrainian people weren't a, a problem, a thorn in Stalin's side. So it was a way of like trying to secretly get rid of them and then claim it as theirs, in a way, I suppose. And exploit the fuck out of them in, in the... In and the if they're tired and exhausted because they're hungry and they're starving to death, it's kind of like, we've got complete control of you because you can't do anything because you're weak, sort of thing. Yeah. Right. It's that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you picked up on that because it shows that I'm sort of getting yeah, yeah. the story across <laughs> yeah, yeah. as best as I can. Especially to me because I'm a, I'm a bit special. <laughs> yeah, what? 
So the Nazis did actually, this has got, the Nazis had echoes of this in what they were going to do, like dehumanizing people and, and just, uh, you, you, obviously everybody knows what the Nazis did. It's quite similar. This happened before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if they got, you know, they were inspired by this in some ways. No diggity doubt, Hitler knew. Well, did Stalin bring it forward? Because he might have gone, well, you know, this works over in Ukraine. So why don't we uh, try this? Yeah. Maybe. They got away with it. Let's try it. Mm. Might have been. So in the mid-1920s, the Soviet Union abolished any independent Ukrainian thinkers and they began to arrest and imprison and execute like Ukrainian intellectuals. Thousands of people that supported independence were disappeared, religious leaders gone, political opponents gone, and the people of Ukraine were like, shit, the writing's on the wall, we can see what's going on here. So you imagine like going through World War One, and then now this shit is happening. You can see that this isn't going to end well. No, it's um, yeah, it's 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 not something you wake up and go, yes, this can be a great day today. Yeah, your future is not bright when that kind of stuff is happening around and you. And it's like it's not like you can just pack up and leave as well. No, you can't. You know what I mean? It's not like this is shit. I'm off because you just get murdered. Well, it, you I just t- get shot. You got to think like back in nineties. It's not like it is today. You couldn't. Effectively travel anywhere on in the globe. Pretty, no, we can't pretty quickly no planes. quite cheaply. Yeah, yeah. Not back then. You'd have to walk it. Yeah. So then Stalin ordered what was called the collectivization of farming and agriculture. And it was part of the Soviet Union's five-year plan, um, which was a list of economic goals that was designed to speed up the industrialization and military development of the new Soviet Union, which was, was going to transform it from like a weak, poorly controlled agricultural state into um, an industrial powerhouse, essentially, that they mm-hmm. could compete on the global stage. And without the Ukraine, the Soviet Union wouldn't, wouldn't have had anywhere near the political clout that it ended up having. Right. And they knew how important that country was and decided to bring it, basically, into Soviet control. Is that, cause, is that things like the ports with like Crimea and all that? Well, it was like a possession. That's what they took the country as a possession. They could do what do what they wanted. Kind of like a payment for something which isn't... They had very valuable commodity yeah, in the yeah. form of food. Right. So they just basically pilfered it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when shit ramped up, Stalin sent his military generals in and he gave them like total dictator powers and instructed them to purge the Ukrainian political system using brutal secret police. Um, and as a result, many Ukrainian Communist Party leaders were jailed or... and it, and they said in in the in, mo- in a lot of research, forced to commit suicide, forced to commit suicide. <laughs> How does that work? Does that even mean it's suicide if you're forced to do it? I suppose if they say you killed yourself. No, but what I mean is, okay, if if like literally someone's going to shoot you, right? And they said you've got to kill yourself, otherwise we're going to shoot you. But just kept doing that until they shot, shot themselves. Is that actually suicide because they've been forced to do it, or is that like they're just killing people? Yeah, I know, but w- what would you call that? It's got to, you can't be forced suicide. It's killing you. Yeah. You might as well just say, um, I don't know, just murder by something else. By someone I mean? else's hand? Yeah, yeah. Murder by <laughs> bullshit, <laughs> yeah. basically. So the education system started to change, and like children had to speak a lang- like a, a form of dialect that was much closer to, to Russian, and the Ukrainian borders were effectively sealed off by secret police, and no one could get in. And no one could get out. So the place went on total lockdown. And this is never good. When people start doing that, yeah. this is not good. No. 
you can't really get you can't get away with that these days I don't think unless you're in a country that no one gives a fuck about and then that's why you see these like hor- horrible I mean genocide still go, look at Ukraine um, sorry not Ukraine uh, North Korea it, it's kind of the same shit the country's on lockdown people are starving and we all know it but we don't do fuck all. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's same with well, I suppose you could say Syria is slightly different. But like I mean, um, but if you go to North Korea, um, the reporters get when they go in, they've got like loads of people around them, and they get shown what they want them to see. It's, it's the same as this, mate. So everything looks hunky dory to them. Everything looks great. Oh, it looks great. It's a bit weird that we keep getting power forced and, and you know getting like you look that way, look that way, go down there. Uh, um, no, I'd rather go and look at the park. Over th- no, do not do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to come down here and watch these people who aren't actors playing tennis and having fun. These happy free and people. And eating, <laughs> eating a banana. Bountiful supplies of food. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about collectivised farming, which was a policy designed to take the many, because there was lots of them, independent Ukrainian farm and farm workers, and they placed them under Soviet control. They just grabbed them. And the Soviets took possession of everything, all food, all grain, vegetables, all the livestock, all the farming equipment, entire farms, all infrastructure, everything. It was now under their control. And they distributed all the food anywhere they saw fit. Majority of it went back to um, to feed the growing Soviet Union. Or they used the grain as an export to raise cash for their own infrastructure, like funding their... The industrialization of the country, mm-hmm. funding their their military, and as an unfortunate byproduct, those pesky Ukrainians with their independent country ideas would be starved. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So there is a debate actually as to whether the famine was a, an accident, like a, a byproduct. Oh yeah, of course, obviously it's <laughs> yeah. an accident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by because c- of like the collectivized farming going wrong, um, or there is lines of I say lines of thought because I don't believe it. There are claims that it was even caused by the Ukrainians who were burning their own food and killing their livestock to stop the Soviets from taking it. I don't. I mean, fucking yeah, hell. That, that sounds like a Russian thing to say to me. They might have burned stuff leaving the country on trucks to fuck up, because it's not going to be yeah. theirs. They're not going to burn their own stuff. You're not going to burn... Go, Do you know what? I'm going to starve myself to death just so you can't have this parsnip. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I think there's a, a bit. That's a Russian story on that side. I think they've just been ransacked, haven't they? Basically, and every time, while well, they're growing stuff, and they're just going, "You eat this, I'm going to like murder and rape everything." Well, there was uh, contributing factors to to poor food production, such as um, bad weather. There was a drought. There was also some crop disease, and also a bout of I think typhoid, which whacked a, a load of people. Why not? But I don't think this was an accident. It never comes in like one, one, one second. No, it never comes as one thing, does it? Bad news always comes in three or four. So. Yeah, yeah. Even private homes were classed as collectivised farms, which means if you grew a potato in your back garden, the Soviet government owned it, and they would come and get it. All just, land. Just one potato? Anything, mate. Yes, yeah. I'm not joking. There was no, They had nothing. I mean, we'll go into it, and you won't... It doesn't seem real. Like I say, it doesn't seem real how it can happen. I'd grow the most bizarrest thing. So it's like 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 a fruit which only one grows every like um, asparagus. 
Because <laughs> it takes, doesn't it take like three or four years to grow one to start with yeah. or something? Go, yeah, what are you going to do? You've got to wait fucking three years <laughs> before you come and back for me. They'd look at you whilst they're eating a sandwich going, what are you going to do if yeah. we get this back from wherever, man? But they got The Soviet troops are getting food. Before it starts to grow, though, I'd cut it down. <laughs> see what they do. So the Soviet attitude was small-scale independent food production gives birth to capitalism. And we can't have that, can we? No, 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 no. So the people who worked on these farms and the way they they actually lived their lives was seen as a threat to the Soviet way of life. Mm-hmm. And the owners own owners of independent farms and small holdings, they tried to protest and they were either executed or, or sent off to work in, in forced labor camps in some like, you know, shitbox corner of the USSR. Um, Back in the USSR, you don't know how lucky you are. It's a bad tune, that, isn't it? Should we really put that on? Maybe he can, halfway through. Paul McCartney will sue me. With nah, all his fucking wouldn't. money. He Do you wouldn't. think he would? Nah. Well, if he did, right, I'd no, go to court. And I'd go to court and defend you and go, look, he's got fucking both of money. <laughs> he's just been a p- proper cunt. Have you seen him on TV recently? Court adjourned. <laughs> 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 that doesn't work like that, Rob. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the court of Rob. <laughs> I don't. Have you seen him like in interviews recently? No. McCartney. Does he look like he's about to die? No, he just seems quite detached. And I, I don't know. It's just my opinion, I suppose. But I mean, it yeah, doesn't surprise me. It's the fucking Beatles, and every Being person Beatles, the earth knows he's you. got billions of pounds. He probably like like fucking got some weird project going on where he's growing mermaids or something. <laughs> so <Growing> mermaids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird Paul McCartney clone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross between a human and a dolphin. But but it can't be made out Paul of meat. McCartney it can't mermaid. be made out of meat. The permade. Permade. <laughs> Parsnip made. <laughs> so this collectivised farming was a massive fuck up because the total yields of Ukrainian of Ukrainian crops actually dropped massively. One of the main reasons was all of the dudes that knew how to grow the food had the farming knowledge. They were sent away to like Siberian camps, like forced labour camps. So food production fell, uh, and then b- people became too weak to work the land. And it was it was a fucking. I mean, it's like a typical Soviet disaster. And it got so bad that the prisoners in the in the Soviet labour camps ended up with more food than the free people in Ukraine. So, do you reckon that was um, uh, dead on purpose or by accident? Though? Do you think they've accidentally fucked everything up by doing that, or do you reckon they on purposely done it to fuck everyone else they up? Just, they just raped the food supply, and they took all the people who can do it out. Basically, I don't think they took all the people that could do it out. Right, but they the, took the, the people who could grow, who knew when to do stuff. Because they're the people that yeah. were protesting about yeah. their shit being taken over, and they were like, "Fuck them off, them." So, so do you reckon they've they've if you done took it on all purpose, the car mecha- if you took all the car mechanics away, then all the cars are going to break down and there's no one going to... F- yeah, you'll have a go. Some of them will be up and running, but I most won't. I now know how to start a, a Ford Transit van um, from underneath the car. What, you hit it with a hammer? No. With just, just a screwdriver. How do you... Do you I suppose that's very problem-specific. What do you mean? You just linked the... Uh, there's there's a part underneath, which is like the, uh, the starter part, and you literally just touch it the starter and the other part of it, and it starts it. Oh, you make a you, you close make a circuit. circuit. You, you make, make a circuit. You close the circuit. Yeah, there you go. So I know how to like nick transits. I'm not going to. <laughs> Only because my transit's a fucking shit pipe and doesn't work. Your transit's all right. It does when it fucking works. But you know you know how to do it, don't you? Can't yeah. you just put like a? Can't you just do that every time then? Is that going to be something you do? But, um, if it doesn't, just if it decides not to work, it just it's got its own fucking brain. My van. It just goes, ah, oh, I can't be arsed today. But we'll do later on. 
you're going to be fucked in the winter then if it's doing that already. It's fucked. I've, when had, it gets I've, cold. I've, I've had it. I've had loads of people look at it and it's cost me a fucking fortune. How many miles is it done? A hundred and... It's not 132. It's not like it's... 132 miles. thousand miles. Okay, there's a little bit of a difference there. But, um, <laughs> nah, it's cost me a fucking fortune. See my tits in there. Get rid of it. Scrap it. What is it? Is that a scrappage scheme still going when you get two grand for it? It's fucking worth more than that, though. It's a problem. How is it? Mm. Okay, well, I can't advise you. I don't know. I'll tell you what, if someone wants to... um. Patreon me a uh, brand new van that'd be great okay there you go robertsrise.patreon.com <laughs> let's get Rob a new van yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay sorry we, we've gone off that let's That's get right. back on track come on okay so where was I alright yeah so before it all kicked off like say 1932 to 33 was when it got really bad but by 1930 91% of all land in Ukraine was under Soviet control 91 yeah that measly bit that was left was Probably not deemed fit to. It's probably to farm like on. A, a volcano or some. Vi- yeah. <laughs> basically nine percent volcano. Yeah, it's ninety-one percent. Hence why they did, That's why the Soviets didn't take it. Yeah, there was another like nine percent, and it was just like concrete. <laughs> yeah, it's just a giant roads. car park. So, so the Ukraine Ukrainians knew what was gonna. They knew what was coming on. They could see it happening, and what they tried. A lot of them tried to bury tons of of grain themselves to mm. hide it thinking this is going to get really fucking bad and the, the soviet forces would, would apparently just turn up with metal poles and start stabbing into the ground and trying to locate where the uh you know these these underground silos were hidden and if they found them you were fucked they yeah, just you're going to be uh shitting through an eye yeah force <laughs> you to commit a suicide if they found out. I'm going to force you to commit suicide. Really? Or are you just going to shoot me out the back and say that I shot myself? Yeah, yeah. It's, but th- the thing is, with this like, um, with this forced uh, starvation genocide that was going down, was a, was it properly shocking for the people because the Ukraine was was known as the breadbasket of Europe because it had like rich, fertile land and it had a bountiful um, supply of grain. So it was, it was like generally a really good place to grow stuff. I think it was one of the. I think it was a central area for grain production for the Russian Empire. So for them yeah. to face stars was, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah exactly. even through the whole situation, it still was, wasn't it? Yeah, Stalin was going it. fucking damn right. That's what yeah. we're doing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think I'm silly? <laughs> yeah, come on. But, but it does sound like that though now, doesn't it? It just yeah. sounds like well, we'll just fucking have it then. We won't bother paying for it. We'll just come along and pilfer it all. What are you gonna do? Yeah, can't stand up to us. They called it like a peasant nation, like most people were in their eyes, peasants, so they could just pretty much do what they wanted. So it was designed to be slow at first, kind of like allowing the Ukrainian people to adapt to this new way of of farming Mm. um, and producing food. But during the winter of 1929 to 1930, the famine really, really started to ramp up then. And Stalin was like, you know, let's just just fucking speed this up. And, you know, in doing so, he said this would liquidate the majority of the population, who he saw as surplus to requirement, because they need feeding, and obviously he doesn't want to feed them because he's taking the food to develop his, you know, the new Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And many of these people were, uh, you know, forced into farming their own land for for pretty much no pay. Like they'll give you not even a handful of grain as payment, nothing. They were just you have to force suicide. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They give me a grain of rice or whatever. Just go, oh, fuck this. It's bad, mate. Because you imagine. Sending t- tons of your own produce out of the country. I just wipe my ass and every single grain <laughs> of everything I would. 
You had nothing in you to write. You had I don't care. I don't care. I'd just be like, there's something... A bit of that grain has been either on my arse or in my arse. I'm just going to do it to every piece and go, there you go, have that then. It and then we'll probably, I'll probably get forced suicide on me. Yeah, you would, mate. Can't but fuck about. Still, stand in I'd line. still die with a smile on my face. And like Farmers and villages across Ukraine were pretty much all set impossibly high quotas of food because like the Soviets like you need to produce this amount of food yeah. 16 trillion tons of grain well they'd look at the land in, and go in one metre square <laughs> yeah. but they'd see the amount of land and they'd go right this amount of land is capable of producing this amount of food um, so do it we need this whatever quota you know 500 tons or whatever by next the, week and if what? the, ta- <laughs> yeah, if like the targets weren't met they what they'd do is they the Soviets would request even larger amounts of food so, like, if you, they said we want 100 ton and you only produce 50, they go, right, right, next year we want 150 ton. And as punishment, what they do is they go into the villages and take any remaining food, including the seeds needed to grow the grain. So, how the fuck? What are you doing? This iron fist shit doesn't, it's not going to work. It's just a, yeah. it's a retrograde why don't action. You, why don't you work with them and go, right, okay, you know, if, if they want them to produce this, why don't you go, look, okay, we know you haven't produced this. This is what you've done wrong. Just sort that out for next year, please. Do it in a bit more nicer way, except for taking the seeds away that they're trying to grow for you because they're frightened that you're going to literally kill them. I'd probably just let them do what they were doing before because it was working before. Yeah, yeah, that's what you would do, wouldn't you? You'd go, um, just leave you know what you did be, last maybe? year? You know what you did last year? Or like five years ago, whatever. Yeah. Can you do that? <laughs> and Ar- just keep doing that. They had like armed squads that started doing house-to-house searches for anything edible. And they had special brigades of men that would, would sweep through villages in wagons and, and confiscate How any food that? from your home. How mad's that? It's bad, man. It gets re- I mean, it gets really bad, man. Yeah. There's a fella called... Um, You'd be s- well pissed off if they took your monster munch, wouldn't they? Yeah. You have to hide that really well. <laughs> and they're like but food sniffer dogs out. Yeah, but you crunch it, you'd be like, oh, Monster Munch, look, you know the times. You pick the loudest food to have. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Can, can you, like, somehow develop it so it, uh, um, we can't develop it because we ain't got anything to develop it with. But anyway, make it, like, not less crunchy. <laughs> and the bags may be, like, I don't know, made out of, like, a, I don't know, soil. <laughs> yeah, the new improved stealth Monster Munch. Yeah, yeah. So there's a fella called Stefan Hortschlash, I believe. I've probably got that wrong. Sounded good. I'm, I mean, I guarantee I've got it wrong. It's been a couple of beers and I can't pronounce Ukrainian names. I thought you were talking about a dog called, uh, a, a horse called uh, Stefan Hortschlash. <laughs> That's what I was thought. But yeah, okay. I'll just call him Stefan if I refer to him again. But he was 12 in 1932. And he describes how his mother single-handedly saved all four of his siblings and the family based solely on a premonition that some bad shit was going to go down. He said it was two or three years before Holodomor. Mum was baking bread and uh, making breadcrumbs out of it and hiding it in different places around the house, like in the garden. She was burying it, putting it in the stables. Put it up your ass. You can't do that, mate. You'll ingest it. She was doing this the years man, in advance, was, man. You'd be, fi- you'd be fine then. So when, when the uh, <laughs> when the family like properly kicked in, she yeah. had these small little caches of breadcrumbs stashed around. And what they'd do is they'd um, eat like two or three spoonfuls of, of breadcrumbs mixed with water. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what got them through the worst times in the famine. What a woman, man. That is um, some extreme, woman. yeah. She knew. Talk about prepping. And the yeah. people with their fucking guns and all that, like... You need breadcrumbs, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know these preppers? They always prep about like um, zombie killing things. Prepping for starvation. 
She knows how to prep for that. Yeah, she's there's a nothing hard here. Lady. Well, there is a shitloads, but you can't see it. Yeah. What? It's burgers everywhere. <laughs> it's, quite, it's crazy, that isn't it? Yeah. It just hit stuff around like breadcrumbs, and that's all that. Mix, it with, mix it with water or do whatever, just to fucking hide it more. It's gonna get re- like. It's gonna get grotty. It's gonna get really bad. This is more in the second half after we have a yeah. break. It's gonna get really bad. But um, Stefan goes on to say he had um, he had cousins that they lived. I think they lived like three or four houses away from him. And he said there were eleven of them in the family, and all eleven of them died in 1933. He they said all I re- died in one year. Yeah, yeah. With 33,000 people dying a day. He said, I remember when I went to visit, three were already dead and the rest of the family weren't strong enough to bury them. And it was winter. The ground was frozen. It wasn't easy to dig the graves. So they just had to leave them there. Just, nice. just put, like, just kids. Your own kids. Just fucking put them in the corner. You couldn't even pick them up to put them in the corner. They probably died and left them. They're probably too weak to, to move them. Which is even more harrowing when well, you think about it. Well, people did try and move. Like, starving people left villages en masse in search for food. Because there was nothing left. They were like, we've just got to... There's nothing here. There's no point, yeah. But Stalin passed laws which essentially banned all travel. And most people were caught. He's a fucking cunt. And, and the lucky ones, the ones that weren't executed, were sent back to the, the villages that they came from. And there was, like, zero food there. Right. I'm left here to get food. You're not allowed to leave anywhere now. What the fuck? I'm going to die? Yeah, that's what we want, basically. So when people were like going back to the villages with no food, pe- people were getting... I mean, they could. the Soviets could see how, how much of a desperate situation they had engineered. And instead of seeing how counterproductive this was for their own benefit as well, because they wanted the grain... They, they doubled down with the Iron Fist and a law was introduced that made the theft of even a few pieces of grain like off the floor an act of sabotage and punishable by execution. So calm down, you pricks. A yeah. couple of pieces of grain. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like that dickhead in the pub, isn't it? That is the one who, you know, you don't take no for an answer for anything. You're like, mate, you've lost. Look, you're on a losing streak here. You may look like you're big and hard, you've got a great job and all this, but everything's crumbling around you and you're just carrying on thinking that this is going to work and it's just not. Let's go back to what it was before, dickhead. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's a disaster. Um, what they did is they um, they placed soldiers on, on watchtowers who'd observe everybody and make sure they weren't even grabbing, you know, like just dirty pieces of grain off the floor. So just fucking turn a blind eye. Just fucking turn What's the blind eye. And at night, villages, this is where it starts to... Um, we're going to have a break in a minute, but villages would like head out at night under the cover of darkness looking for mice burrows. And like they'd dig down in them to try and find grain stored. From the mice? Yeah. And they'd rob off, off rodents because they had more food than the people. Nice. That's saying something, isn't it? And like it, apparently like birds would... Because would, they had huge piles of, of you know grain... Birds would be landing on it and pecking away like there's loads of fat crows in yeah. it, and they didn't do anything to the birds. The soldiers they were armed up to their tits, just fucking left the birds to do. But if a person approached it, bang it bang fucks. bang, bad in it, man. Boiling water. They used to boil water and put like a, a almost like a, a thimble full of fat if you're lucky and mix it in, and that was like a fucking Christmas dinner. Just some flavour in the water and a bit of sustenance. Fucking terrific in it, mate. It's rough. So what we're going to do is we'll have a drink now and when we come back we're going to go through some of the accounts and it's going to get pretty fucking nasty, man.
country became a living nightmare. Mm. Totally and utterly decimated. And as the famine took hold, the inevitable bodies started piling up everywhere. I imagine each day it got bigger and bigger, the, the body pile. Because yeah. obviously the weaker, the weak. The stronger people got weaker and then suddenly there's loads of just bodies everywhere. Well, what they had to do to cope with the, the you know, the, the amount of corpses lying around, had to um, essentially get Soviet body collectors in and they would dig mass graves and just throw thousands of people into these, you know, these giant pits. Yeah. And sometimes they were thrown in living people, including children. They were like, give a fuck. Just chucking them in. Chucking them in, yeah. Um, because it was so long ago, most of the accounts that, I've I've I found came from children because they're the only ones left, and it's, it adds it, it makes it quite disturbing. Mm. Take this account from Alina, and I apologise for getting it wrong. Golchenruka, maybe we'll call her Alina. Alina, uh, she was a little girl at the time. She describes the Soviet body collectors, and she said there was a, a Soviet soldier who went into my next door neighbour's house to take her body away. Uh, but the lady was still alive, and she actually spoke to the soldier and said, don't take me, I'm still breathing. To which he replied, one way or another, you're going to die, and I don't want to have to come back for you tomorrow. So he's just... It's in the words, you're dying now. Yeah, yeah. Li- living people would run and hide from them. Because if they deemed you looking to... Oh, he's a bit ropey, that one. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. He might not make it the next few days. We'll just fucking kill him now. Yeah, they're not dancing to the Wizard of Oz just to make it look like they can, they're fine. Yeah, I say running, but they're not running. They're yeah. just like crawling away. So they had like carts and they'd load, load these carts up using pitchforks. Um, you know, there were living people lying amongst the, the dead, groaning in pain, all being taken off to be buried alive. You'd be like, is this actually fucking hell? It would be like a dream, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? You'd wake up and go, is this actually real? Yeah, doesn't seem it. No, you'd be like, it's like some sort of mad-ass dream. That's what, that's at the beginning, that's what I said, it doesn't, for me, it's it's hard to, I'm so far, and everybody listening to this, are so far removed, A, through time, and B, where you live, that it, you, can't, you don't know, realise, yeah, or understand why or how, or, yeah, it's but, mad. But Alina goes on, and, and this part's horrifying, she said we were, af- and it shows how bad it was getting, she said we were afraid to go out in the village because starving people were hunting children, my neighbour's daughter disappeared and we went to her house and her, we found that her found her in the kitchen. Her head was separated from the body and the body was cooking in the oven. So they were literally eating people now. Yeah, her own family did that. What the actual fuck? That's mad, isn't it? Around two and a half thousand people were convicted for for consuming their fellow human. And cannibalism was, was rife and so widespread that the Soviet government actually started pointing up posters and messages out in public saying to eat your own children is a barbaric act. What? What? Well, it is, but I mean, like, well, fucking don't be cunts to everyone and take all their food. Millions and millions of people were dying. But did they do anything about it? I mean, like... Yeah, they'd shot them. If they knew that they'd done it, they'd kill them. They'd kill you. Yeah. Yeah, there was no no escape, mate. If you picked up a grain of fucking rice off the floor, they'd kill you, so... They'd kill you for eating your own child it's as well. It's fucking mad. It's weird, isn't just it? Imagine, just imagine. I mean, you can't imagine it. Not that it's like, why Why would they kill you for that? But I mean, it's just fucking nuts. It's fucking, in- mate, it's insane. Because like, sometimes they'd have like mountains of, of grain or, or like potatoes or ve- whatever. Loads of food guarded by armed soldiers. And it would be left to rot because they were waiting for the 
shit Soviet transportation system to, to come and pick up the, um, the produce. Mm. So this shit was rotting in full view of starving people that um, expended yeah. mad amounts of energy to get it. You just you think you'd just let them eat it. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? But because you'd think that, well, from there, what are they trying to do? To me, I don't think they were trying to. I think they were just trying to starve them out of the country and have the country. But they were nicking the food as well. Yeah, but I, I know they were nicking the food. But I think it was more along the lines of let's starve these fuckers, take the food, starve the fuckers, and then when they're all dead, it's ours. That's how I see it. It so seems weird, man. In desperation, people started eating grass tree bark, like, you know, roots, they dig roots up, catch frogs or birds or sparrows and pigeons, earthworms. There's even accounts of people eating soil just to fill their stomachs up to try and stop the hunger pains. Anything living, as you could imagine, was eaten. Uh, the nights were completely silent because there was nothing alive out there mm-hmm. other than people. The animals knew to, to get the fuck out. And fields, mate, they were, like, fields of crops full were left to... To, to rot and harvested because the the people that were the labourers were so too, too weak yeah. to fucking get them. And they're going, come on, fucking pick it up. And they're like, well, we can't because I literally can't. As soon as I get up, I collapse. And then the inevitable people being cunts appeared, mm. right? Because um, as as everybody became weaker and they were uh, they couldn't put up a fight and they were just sort of just getting walked on, the Soviet troops would take advantage and they started robbing houses, burgling people, and they would start even... Apparently, there's accounts of, I mean, I'm not surprised, but, you know, rapes and, mm-hmm. you know, just murder for fun was, was. I mean, come on, man. It's fucking, it's, it's revolting, isn't it? They knew this was going mm. down, but they just didn't give a fuck. The government knew this was happening. That's the thing, man, because food was in the country. Like I said earlier, it was, it was there for the, for the Soviet, it was being exported and food was, was obviously remaining for the Soviet forces that yeah. were occupied to, to eat. But the distribution was so tightly controlled, as was the medical care. Soviet doctors and any other doctors or medical people were ordered, don't fucking help them. And people are like, skeletons, why are you Why are you not allowing any medical treatment? Mm. It's like a counterproductive production of something which doesn't make any fucking sense. None of this makes sense, man. None of it makes sense. It's weird, isn't fucking, it? Yeah. And so back then, right, it was common for families to have like five or six children. And it's going to get really fucking dark now because there's... A lot of accounts of, of mothers killing their weakest child in order to feed the others. So that happened on the on the reg, man. Had no choice. That's real as fuck. I mean, could you imagine that's sort of that's actual hell picking your only child, right? Or p- picking say picking picking the child that looked closest to death and killing them against their will whilst they're begging to live just to be able to feed your yeah, other children to try and make them stronger and live yeah I saw one I saw, there's loads of photos that you can if you, you want to go and have a look at it obviously when I'm doing the, I wouldn't look at I'm not saying go and look at the photos but when no. you're when you're researching if, you, if, you, if you're doing something on that or whatever sometimes it's good to look at mm-hmm. it and get a visual representation of what's going on and you know there's photos of emaciated some really horrible ones of mothers standing in front there's one of a, a mother with a son you know, overlooking the head of her own partially eaten daughter. And you can just see, like, there's nothing in in the, you know, in the living people's eyes. There's nothing left in them. They're just being... It's just that she's soulless, in a way. Not not in, like, like the horrible... Just I mean, just shock. soulless, because they're just like... 
what's fucking happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the only thing we can do, sort of thing. Whole villages and towns were obviously wiped out and the populations were being replaced by by the Soviets. In the entire cultural makeup of Ukraine started to change. It was like a colonisation. And then street vendors would occasionally turn up with meat. And in a lot of cases, it was human flesh cut straight off the bodies of, of people in the streets. Mm-hmm. And human human meat became a commodity. It okay. was because there was nothing else for you to. They couldn't eat the, the veg and stuff, so they just eat the dead people. Stray dogs ate people that weren't buried, um, and because they were like corpses lying around, the dogs were obviously fucking starving. When they'd come out and try and grab the people, people would try and mallet the dogs and kill the dogs and eat them if they could. Mm. And in fits of insane desperation, people would start to dig up you know, new, fresh, mass graves and ate the bodies straight out of the fucking ground. Desperate times. Like um, a lot of the accounts that we're, that we're going through, that I'm going to go through now, come from anonymous sources for obvious reasons. People don't really want to reveal what they did, but they do want to get out the facts. Yeah. So they can say, this is what it was like, but I'm not going to give you my name because I get someone's eye out of their head. They don't want to mm-hmm. fucking know. There was an unnamed female doctor who wrote a letter to a friend in 1933, and she said in the letter, quote, uh, that I have not, I have not yet become a cannibal, but I'm not sure that by the time this message reaches you that I won't be one. And then she goes on to say, the good people died first. Those who refused to steal or prostitute themselves to the Soviets for food, they died. Those who gave the food to the weaker people died because people were doing that. Yeah, and, and They were trying to help yeah, people yeah. And, go, and they they die. And then those who refused to eat corpses died. And then the people who, re- who refused to resort to murder died. So we saw this is like um, a collapse of, of society. Complete collapse. Yeah, yeah. Parents who resisted cannibalism died before their children, who would then die because nobody was looking out for them. Lone children were fucking being grabbed and picked up yeah. and eaten. Fuck. Fucking targets. A little kid running around with a pe- without parents is like, I suppose it would have been seen like a, a rabbit. Been like a Sunday roast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No veg. No veg, just the meat. And for some people, obviously... Resorting to cannibalism was too. Do you reckon you could do that? Do you reckon you'd do it? It's impossible to say, but for the um, the sake of a podcast, sitting around drinking beer in a night, in a warm house. I think if everyone else was, I mean, like if if it's got to a point where everyone's doing it, not like if someone said eat that, but I mean, if everyone else was kind of like on the edge and everyone knew everyone's dying because of starving, I think yeah, I probably would. I think it's a survival thing. Mm. It's kind of like remember that when them. Fellas crashed that plane in the Andes, yeah. that rugby team. They were saying, look, at least that person hasn't died in vain. Their their death is giving life to us. I suppose that's a way of trying to rationalise what you're doing. Mm. And in some respects, it's right. Yeah. But it's still ultimate hardcore fucking heavy metal <laughs> shit, man. Survival thing, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not wrong because it's a survival thing that in that situation. If yeah. it was like, like, do you know what? I fancy a burger. No, nah, do you know what? I'm going to kill him and eat that. Then that, that's obviously wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Salt, like putting seasoning on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing that for? But if if you Jeffrey Dahmer, if you're stuck in the back of a fucking plane and you've been stuck there for two weeks and there's dead bodies, really, you know, and there's no food, then you you'll have to do it. Do you know what I mean? For some people, cannibalism was just that was off the table, so to speak. Yeah, we're not we're not going there. Um, so. What they'd do is, I mean, it wasn't uncommon for people to pick through piles of horse shit looking for the odd piece of undigested 
you know, grain or corn or whatever the horse had eaten. So, um, um, vegetarians would have a right horrible time. There's loads of fucking food. They can't eat it. It's either that or meat. Dead people, mate. Yeah, there were no vegans kicking about then. No. They were the first to go, I think, unfortunately. Because it was so bad, people tried to get, like, um, creative, and they'd start stewing leather boots and belts that they'd take off, off bodies. So okay, like, so they might get something out of the leather or something. Or Yeah, yeah, That's I, th- I think that was, you know, the idea. I mean, come off an animal, then so there's got to be some form of calorific value in leather. There has yeah. to be. I suppose there must be, yeah. You know, if it's like that, or eat your mate. Yeah. Pass me the fucking boot. I suppose going on. Yeah, they were toasting leaves off trees, like tree bark, making like weird forms of bread from any form of vegetation that was tree bark is like a drink you probably could make. As in, like you know, put it in with some hot water, even cold water, and just drink it. It might give you something. Maybe I don't know. Like kids were like, you could see like in the photos, people at the side of the roads. It was just like you. You wonder what they're doing because they're on their hands and knees, and it looks like they're. Sowing seeds or some shit like that, but then like, you read the captions are saying these people are actually searching for insects in the ground. You so know. they could eat the insects? Yeah, like ants. I found a fucking ant's nest. Bingo. This yeah. will get us through the next day. Let's not tell anyone. This is all mine. Yeah. <laughs> Be quiet, man. Yeah. Children were eating their own shit. That's how bad it was getting, mate. And starvation drove people to do insane things and, and lose their humanity and turn on each other. And uh, I read some accounts of this uh, an- another anonymous lad. He was he was taken to trial and admitting eating his own mother, right? And he said in court, "Thank you, Father Starling, for depriving us of food. Our mother died of hunger, and we ate her, our own dead mother. And after our mother, we did not take pity on anyone, and we would have wouldn't have spared Starling himself." So he's kind of alluding to we didn't take pity on anyone. Yeah, every fucker. Once yeah. you've bro- I suppose once that taboo's been dashed and you've consumed human flesh it's, yeah we're off it. to the races yeah yeah you suddenly I'm become more you suddenly become a king yeah yeah I'm having it all yeah <laughs> you got more food than you need there yeah 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 and this account comes from a, a fellow called Michelo and I don't, I'm not going to even try and pronounce Numenko I think his second name is he was 11 in 1933 and his old man was executed because he refused to join the collectivised farms so he was left with his brothers and sisters and his mother um, to face the famine without a provider. And he, wist the, he witnessed the cannibalism firsthand. And it's pretty fucking rough, man. He saw his neighbours eating human flesh. And one of them was a girl called Tetiana. And he asked her, he said, look, man, can I have some of that? And she's like, no, piss off. And he said it was, he thought it was a bit out of order. He didn't, he didn't say out of order. but I think you're being a bit out of order, love. Come on. <laughs> yeah, because he'd help bury her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, come on, man. Give us a bit. Just, to, you know, burn a few valuable calories off helping this. He said, I saw Tetiana eating what I thought was chicken meat, and there was lots of it. I asked her for, for some, but she, um, she refused because it was human flesh, and it was most likely her dad. Oh, right, okay. So he buried her, and she'd gone. They'd dig him up and eat him. You had to be clandestine as fuck when you were doing the cannibalism because, like I said earlier, you'd be shot. Yeah. I'd just blast you straight away. And some of the pictures are unreal, like haunted, drawn-out, tired, dirty faces of people standing behind a table with the upper half of a small child in a pot cooking to eat them. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? It's not mad, is it? And like Children were so malnourished, they looked like skeletons with the faces of old people. Like, there was one picture of this kid, and they said, this is, you know, this is eight-year-old. And I was like, what? 
That's a fucking eight-year-old. He looks like he's about 52 or something. Looked like he was like 85-year-old. Mm. You know, like tortured eyes, man. And they had like, some of them had like massive bloated stomachs because they were drinking massive amounts of water just to try and... Stop you know, the hunger. And yeah, yeah. Mm. And there was a, an account from another anonymous person who saw, he said, um, I, I, um, he, he saw like the effects of the famine and, and wrote, I saw hordes of families in filthy rags begging at train stations. The women lifted up to the train carriage windows their starving babies, which with their drumstick limbs and big cadaverous heads and puffy bellies looked like embryos out of alcohol bottles. Yeah. Mad. It's like a Nirvana album cover. Yeah, yeah. And in the end, like some people were eating their own children, and he carries on, this person goes on to say that um, one of our neighbours and her husband ate their own baby daughter, had no choice but to do it, and the woman apparently went crazy. So I, I can't see why it would make you go crazy. <laughs> yeah, to have your Friday. It just, to me, it's like, I, I know this happened, but it's just like words. It doesn't seem like it's real. Does It, it doesn't seem like it has happened because you don't hear anything about it really anywhere. You might hear it maybe on a couple of his, history things, but it's usually quite quick, bang, put in, you know, put in the back drawer, carry on. So the famine ended in the end of 1933 when I think the Soviets sent in something like 35 million pounds of seed uh, along with more food and supplies because... Mm. They really wanted the, to be a successful harvest, and they needed that grain, and they put massive efforts in to get results. Right, there was like good weather as well that helped them do that. Yeah. So, so that's effectively how the family sort of spanned out, and and, and then I mean, it's not hard to end it if if you're producing well, yeah, food. They're just, just to sort it out in one go, apparently. Then yeah, right. easy peasy. So I'll briefly talk about the cover up now, um, and as with most things under you know Stalin's rule, it was it was hushed up. And, and outright, you know, denial mm-hmm. didn't fucking happen. And every, any evidence put forward showing the famine's reality was was explained away as hunger strikes. Hunger strikes. Oh, right, okay. Or self-suicides. Yeah, hunger strikes. This is a mother. There's a dead daughter that she killed. She's and they're eating hung- her. Yeah, that's not a hunger strike. What the fuck? That's like, what the fuck's going on here? There's, there's some serious batshit going on in this story. It's next level, mate. Yeah. So in 1937, the Soviets conducted a census of Ukraine, um, and the, uh, you know, looking at the population, and the numbers came back that showed there was far less people there than there should be. So Stalin, in his uh, in his special little way, had everybody that was reporting this census, all these reporters and scientists, whoever, he had them all shot. He was like, "Fuck it, kill them." They found the truth, murder them. He's like, he just doesn't value any form of life at all. Uh, they even refused to offer the offers of aid coming in from the, the Red Cross because they were like, we don't need the aid coming to Ukraine because there is no famine. Because you can't admit it, can you? Uh, no. If you say go yeah. in. Yeah, then they go to open up the gates, isn't it, then, yeah. So you've got to remember, though, because the borders were closed, which was effectively stopping anyone from getting in or out. Hardly any witnesses got out. Foreign mm. correspondents and journalists were barred from entering the Ukraine when they got into Russia. Those that did get in were escorted by Soviets, and they were taken to fake villages filled with Soviet dudes and shitloads of food. Right, okay. So they've gone all North Korea. Yeah, yeah. All North Korean style, like they've been doing recently, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Things don't change. No. They had a a football match, didn't they, the other day? South Korea and North Korea. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and apparently it was a nil-nil draw, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kim uh, makes it like a 6-0 to them or something somehow. 
Do you think that was people spoke behind the scenes? Went, Listen, we need to make this nil nil so no one no, dies. Apparently, it was really really awkward because they haven't been talking for close to a year again or something properly, and it was just kind of apparently really like uh, lowbrow. Obviously, there was no one there except for like certain people which have been picked by North Korea and South Korea. So. No, no fans, but like high up people. You know, I mean, certain people from certain things, like an exhibition match almost. In a way, it was like like something stupid, like forty people there watching, <laughs> and they were part of obviously governments and whatever. But like diplomats and dignitaries, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever the fuck they they do over there. You know what I mean? But like, it's like fucking hell. Why why bother? If you just fucking talk and get on. There was nothing wrong with you before until you had a fucking annoying family which came along <laughs> and decided they wanted to take over. Invented the hamburger, yeah, like yeah. eight holes in one. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Nine. Went to the nine. sun. Oh, was it nine? Sorry. Nine and his first th- uh, 18 holes. Uh, no, sorry, it was 11. 11 holes in one in his first game. Well, they need respect, though, because they sent the first astronaut to the sun who got a sunspot. Oh, yeah, he caught some sunspots in the ocean. Yeah, brought back. Travelled at night as well, so, you know. So it was all right, yeah. So it wasn't as bright. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's still happening now, man. Yeah. It, what are we doing? So any any discussion of the famine and its causes were, in the Soviet press, were essentially just forbidden. They they controlled the news and suppressed everything, and there's, there is no reference to it in Soviet historical accounts. It was like it didn't happen. And the population of the USSR... Who knew, like the soldiers and that, they kept their mouth shut for f- like over 50 years because, you know, the consequences of speaking about this would have meant you were at the bottom of the fucking hole. Yeah, yeah. And there was an active cover-up that went on until the 1980s. A Western journalist from the New York Times called Walter Durante, I believe, he was allowed in at the height of the famine, right? Okay. So they got a Western dude in. They, allow- he, they allowed him in. So it's 33,000 people a day dying and they sent him in. Did they, did, did they not... Uh like taking to one of these Russian towns in Ukraine where everyone's drinking and fucking singing songs and eating loads of corn. Well, he, he came out and he said, yep, all tickety-boo. There's a couple of crop failures, but on the whole, it's a lovely fucking place. Everyone's happy. And the Western press kind of like just went with this because this is like a, p- a scant piece of information coming from the Ukraine. Did they take him into a barn somewhere and put guns against his head and said, if you fucking say anything... I think he was in the Soviets' pocket. He was like, yeah, yeah I saw nothing, Governor. I'll peddle your story. Probably mm-hmm. get, put a few quid in his bank or whatever. Off the record, when he was speaking to like political diplomats and foreign dignitaries, when he was back in, in the US, he was like, man, there's probably 10 million people dead, at yeah, least. Yeah. Um, and he actually received the pre- prestigious Pulitzer Prize for, for reporting, even though he misled, essentially, uh, the rest of the world into thinking that this wasn't happening. So I get how people in other countries around the world could be ignorant to its reality back in 1930. You know, you haven't got Twitter or anything like that. This is a different time. But gov- you'd think that governments would know. And you do a bit of digging, and they fucking did, man. The US was well aware and chose to do fuck all because Ukraine wasn't seen as vital to American interests. Kind and of like these days, isn't it, with the Kurds? Exactly the same. We haven't changed. Mm. We haven't changed because at the time, President Roosevelt, he was trying to open formal diplomatic relations with the USSR. And if he went out in public and said, oh, yeah, there's a genocide, take, he would smash his fucking plans to pieces. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to try and make up with them, so to speak, and share whatever they want to share with each other and make money out of it, basically. That's all this all comes down to, doesn't it? Exactly. At the end of the day. So at the midst of the family in 1933, diplomatic relations were established between the US and the USSR whilst this is going down. 
Some Ukrainians managed to escape to Poland and they'd immediately report the, you know, the genocide to the authorities, which fell on deaf ears because in July 1932, mid-genocide, Poland had signed a non-aggression pact with the USSR and therefore did absolutely fucking nothing. They just ignored the claims. They just got away with it. It's like you could hide shit back then properly, properly Mm. hide it if you had the, the right sort of, you know, the right way of going about it, and people were trying to make friends with you, you could just fuck, people just ignore it. It's just turn him round, isn't it? We've signed a deal. Okay, let's just turn around and look that way. What's happening behind you? It doesn't matter. Let's just keep looking that way because that's the right way. So if we fast forward to 1991, um, when Ukraine became independent, the government publicly recognised the famine. And in 2003, uh, the Ukrainian parliament stated that the Holodomor of 1932 to 1933 was a deliberate act organised by the the Stalin regime and should be condemned by the international community as one of the largest genocides in world history. And as of December 2015, a number of countries, including Canada, USA, Mexico, Argentina, Australia, Spain, Italy, Poland, the UK, they all recognise the famine as, you know... A a, A genuine, real thing An actual genocide, Yeah. yeah. And today, even today, the Russian Federation... Still denies it course, happened. Of course they do. Wankers, they're going to. The thing is, though, with most countries, they'll deny it if they've done something wrong. They, they don't. They, they will deny it until like fucking eighty years down the line. Then they probably go. Not in their case, but I mean, like most of them go, yeah. But you know what? That everyone who was involved then are dead now. So it's okay. Look, we're sorry. It happened. Those, those, yeah, those people were wankers. They're dead though now. Anyway, should we get on, yeah? That's what they're like, aren't they? Just it's, like, it's like the manipulation of history. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I wonder what the true picture of reality, like hist- historical reality, would be if you could see it for how it happened. Because, you know, the, the victor writes history, so to speak. Mm, yeah, it's... um, It's fucked up, man. It's fu- it is fucked up. I mean, it's, uh, how I see it is if, if you've got the power at the time, you can do what you like. Because they did. They had power. USSR, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's still the same thing today, really, isn't it? Russia and America, kind of, basically the main, the big bollocks, basically. And, and they both China hate well. each other, really. But they're both doing fucking horrible things to everyone. You know what I mean? It might may not be as bad now, or it may be. I don't know. But you know, it's they just they just push over it and just carry on. It's like no matter. It's funny with all the serious shit because um, Donald Trump obviously got all his all the troops out and. Guess who's took every basically every <laughs> every yeah. spot that the Americans were the yeah. Russians. That doesn't doesn't sound dodgy at all, does it? It's fucking crazy, man. Can we just like you know go and like go for a walk in the park and? I mean, what's it? What is the what's the point? What's the point in all this war shit? Like going walk bowling in with tanks? What's it, what's it? Uh, fear, paranoia, it's and not, we not, don't know what it's the not fuck's like going everyone, on. It's not like they're all, they're all starving. I know, obviously, as a you know the Russians. I mean. You know what I mean? Everyone's fine. You don't have to do it. You don't even. You shouldn't do it anyway. Even if you were starving, you needed food, because someone would offer it you. Isn't there like enough food to feed one and a half times the world's population? Probably, probably the, more. It's some some form of stat that, that numbers. I wouldn't say that's accurate, but it, there's a hell of a, there's more food than we need. We're, we're just, just fuckers. Like, we're just fuckers. Humans are just fuckers. Cunts, man. We are. Cunts. We're just power hungry cunts. Shall we get to our 
social media winner. He's won, I think, a T-shirt, yeah. a badge, yeah. a cork. Wow, the cork out of the wine. Yeah, which I drew a face on. It's yeah. still there, isn't it? Oh, wicked. Oh, yeah. It looks kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger with... What? <laughs> You got a cork that you want a cork that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, with, with but for a mouth he's got um it looks like a cucumber. Okay. Well yeah. Maybe he's sucking a cucumber off. Yeah, maybe. Um yeah, so but we do have a winner, don't we? Yeah, the winner is Dave Hill. Dave Hill. You've won probably the biggest stash ever. Yeah, we'll from Robots Rise at the minute. Properly. But like we said though at the beginning, we're gonna there's going to be like, we'll do one big giveaway a month, starting in the next month or so, us and the snipers. They'll get bigger, these giveaways. We're yeah. just, it's just a start of it. It was an idea and we're building yeah. on it. It's yeah. one of those. Yeah, so you, whoever, uh, when it all kicks off, we'll let you know as we go through it. But, you know, you'll be getting a couple of T-shirts at least and you'll be getting a load more of the stuff to um, to enjoy in the post. Um, yeah, man, thanks for sharing our stuff. Yeah. It, it, we have to, like, so many people was were, were getting on that you know, that, that gravy train with us and doing it, that we had to, I feel like we've got to do more than what we're doing. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to. So I mean, uh, if you keep doing it, you know what I mean? The people who who have been doing it, I'm, I'm sure you will win one day. I mean, it's yeah, just a will. case. It's just, it, you know, we want to try and make everyone win, win fairly. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's the way it is. Absolute, Mongo. So, you got to do the same thing over 50 people, which, I mean, 50 shares, sorry, mm-hmm. which you did easily last time. So if you could do that again, there's going to be a T-shirt, there's going to be uh, art, there's going to probably be something else around. Yeah, we'll put stuff in there. We'll make it We'll make it fun, man. So and then, um, like we say, we're going to do a, a monthly one, which is mm-hmm. like a shared giveaway, which will be double the, uh, double bubble, as they say. The double bubble, yeah. yeah. And the snipers are going to do it. Maybe that's what we could call it, double bu- bubble month. Yeah, we'll put uh, we'll put like a pa- we'll put like a package together, and we'll take a picture of it and put it out there so you can see what you're going to get. But it's probably going to be a few quids worth of, of stuff yeah, per, yeah. you know, bumper haul. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. So get sharing, and um, we'll see you next week. Well done, Dave Hill. Was it Dave? Dave Hill, yeah. Good. <laughs> well, I just went shit thinking uh, I've just sort of random them. Good one, Dave. Yeah, send us your address, mate. We'll get it all yeah, sent yeah. out to you. We'll catch you all next week. See you all. Bye.